Welcome, everybody, to Haunting Live Podcast this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you guys following us. If you're tuning in and watching us live here on Facebook today, welcome. And if you're listening later on to the podcast apps, we do upload to the podcast apps later on on the audio, as well as you can catch us on the premiere uh, video on YouTube once we upload it to YouTube later on tonight as well. That's usually around 11 o'clock. But thank you so much for being here and taking your time out this weekend. Uh, today we do have a very special guest. Uh, her name is Kelly Ferguson, a psychic medium locally here in Ontario, out of Mississauga. And we're going to be talking to her today about her journey through mediumship. So let's bring in uh, Kelly today. Hi Kelly, how are you? I'm great, how are you doing? Uh, doing wonderful, thank you. It's a beautiful weekend here. Uh, Lucky to be finally in entering stage one here in Ontario, so we're reopening finally, and that's a wonderful feeling. So, isn't that the case? I was already out there enjoying myself, so I'm yeah. feeling good. Yeah, it's a great weekend. It's a little hot and muggy today, but hopefully things will cool off a little bit next coming days. But thank you for taking your time out for joining us here on Haunted Life Podcast this week. Um, so you're a psychic medium. You. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the mediumship field and sort of what drew you into being a medium? Sure, absolutely. You know, I got started at a really, really young age. Um, and at the time, you know, I didn't know that I was doing mediumship or what exactly was happening. I, I remember, you know, even just being as small as four and five and, you know, you hear those things in your bedroom or you connect to this, or you think you're seeing this or that, right? So my journey started really, really at a, at a small age, but I didn't actually start doing mediumship on a really more um, exploratory level until I was maybe in like my late thirties, really. But I remember like, even when I was young, um, being in my, being in my bedroom and, you know, the, the typical thing of seeing something flying around and, you know, you, you, pull up your, your covers and all of that and stay underneath the, the sheets because of all of this stuff. Right. Um, so it was really interesting. My, my beginnings with it, because, um, and like we were kind of talking about before, like the scary things of mediumship and, uh, and all that, if you want to call it that, or rather it's our misconceptions, right. Cause I'd seen so many scary movies when I was a child. So it really brought me to a different perspective of what it was to communicate with spirit and now that I've gone on the other side, when I started exploring more and realizing how, realizing how safe I was, it just opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah. So what were some of your first experiences? You mentioned you had things moving and things happening. Um, what was the earliest thing that you can remember happening to you that you thought, oh, this is weird? 
Um, well, I, I've had so many tiny little experiences that whether it's, you know, communicating with animals, communicating or, you know, feeling like spirits around us and just naturally, you know, having a dialogue and not realizing others didn't see this. Um, but one of the my real first vivid memories of going, whoa, holy smokes. Um, in, in my bed, I was probably like um, 10 or 11 years old. And um, my bed was in the corner of my room. And I noticed that there was a figure at the edge of my bed. And they would walk. So from like my left toe, let's say, all the way across the bottom, and then all the way up the side of my bed to where my head was. And then as soon as the spirit got to my head, they would disappear and then immediately be down at my left toe again. And they kind of circled my bed like this for what seemed like a very long time. I'm not exactly sure how long that was, but of course, you know, covers and all of this. And then after a short amount of time, maybe, um, I just realized, wait a minute, nothing bad's happening. I'm not, I'm not being attacked. All these, all these things that I've, you know, seen of scary skeletons and all of this, none of this was happening. And I would kind of creep and look and still see this. And then I just slowly, it was almost like a slow exposure that happened. So I was able to just warm up and go, okay, okay. I I appear to be safe. Okay. I, I think I'm all right. And once I got comfortable with that, that just disappeared and this big, beautiful light came in from another side. And even though I couldn't see detail, I just instinctively knew it was my grandmother. And she was just there with me. And it was in that moment, I remember like not hearing a voice, but feeling her and feeling what messages she was giving to me and that everything was good and that I was safe. And I felt that I was, you know, as well speaking with my mind and communicating telepathically, or I wouldn't call it that at the time. I didn't know what it was, but looking at it now, I would. And that was a very, um, a really concrete experience that happened to me that made me really realize the depths of that of where we can go with communication, even just scratching on the surface and the different belief systems we hold about doing it and feeling safe or not feeling safe. So it was a very interesting experience. Yeah. What do you think happened? Like, was it something that you felt that you did that drew that to you? Like, or do you think it was something more along like your guides are kind of pushing you into this direction and sort of showing you just a little bit at a time what's happening? I'm wondering if it was, if it was both really, you know, because I had been seeing things from a child before knowing and understanding, you know, instinctively what's going on with this person, what's going on in this person's life. You know, adults would come over and visit our our family home and they play cards and I would just instinctively know what was going on with everyone because I could connect into that energy and, you know, taking some time to realize that not everybody saw what I was seeing and that there was a difference in that. I need to kind of be quiet about that kind of stuff, right? Um, sorry, what was your question again? Uh, well, how was your family orientated to it then? Were they fairly open to it? Or you, you kind of sound like it was kind of hush-hush for you, like you weren't allowed to kind of get into that yes. kind of stuff? Yes, it was. And, um, you know, I, I hold no resentment there, but I, I remember waking up the next day and saying, hey, this thing was circling my bed. And then grandma came and visited me. And it was it was very much like, oh, no, it was that was a dream. That was definitely a dream. No matter how real it seems, it was still a dream and all of that stuff. And, you know, we don't need to talk about this. And OK, but I, I knew in my heart what I had seen and felt. And so I just knew at that time that, you know, this will be something for just me. And, and then I started, you know, slowly discovering and researching myself at that point. 
And the nice thing about that, though, I have to admit, was um, my parents also didn't hold me back from it. They didn't try to say that's bad, that's evil. I didn't have to hide books or, you know, when I was experimenting with candles or, or, or sage, they weren't, you know, saying, no, no, you know, put that away. So I'm really grateful and lucky that I had the opportunity to be able to explore in my own right. But I just kept the details mostly to myself after that. Yeah, I think most people these days are getting more open to things. Uh, but back in the day, it wasn't always that way. Like you would always have to do things hush hush and not be like talking to mom and dad say, well, I had this happen to me last night. And what was it? They're like, oh, no, just a dream, like you said. So I think things are coming along, though, more these days that people are more open to it. Um, do you think that if things changed back then in the day that they would have been more open to it? Or do you think it would have just been uh, no thing like, no, you can't do that? And do you think that they would have changed their mind eventually? Or mm, I suspect not. I think that it would have been more of a perspective of live and let live. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to know. So, um, you know, and, and no disrespect, but it was more kind of along the lines of, okay, you can do this, but you know, if we see you on Miss Cleo's psychic network, we're going to have a problem type of thing. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I can understand that because there's a big, you know, perspective or a perspective and a big stigma around anyone who does energy work, psychic work, mm -hmm. mediumship, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions. So I'm, I'm, I can understand why somebody would feel that way. Like, totally, yeah. Everybody has their own views on different things, too, right? So, um, yeah, it's just the way the world is, I think. And it's slowly getting better. Like, more people are more open to things these days. But I still think there are a lot of people that need to sort of open their mind a little bit more and say, well, maybe things are possible in this world. I, I have my views, but people are people, and they will have their own views about other things, too. So, yeah. um, how did you go forward from there then? Did you have to learn and study more on the topic or was it something that came easily to you or how was the start of the journey going into more in depth of mediumship? Uh, well, for me, I didn't, I, I really started more on it, what I thought was a psychic capacity. And I didn't realize that, you know, there was a difference between psychic work and mediumship when I was younger. Um, it was just under the whole big umbrella of spirituality and paranormal and psychic abilities and things like that. Um, so I really studied in a psychic capacity in terms of teaching myself, because like we said, there, there wasn't, you know, people to go to finding a metaphysical store was like finding like a diamond in the rough. Like you just didn't find that. And then if, in my experience, even when I did find one, you know, six months later, it was gone. So, and there was no internet to look it up. The only like resource was like, you know, your time life books on ESP and, and stuff like that. Right? So I really learned to teach myself, to practice myself. I got some beautiful tips from a couple of books from uh, Sonia Chiquette um, and just some things that I could learn about myself, about how to test myself, how to be more observant about what's going on in my life. And then I started to really connect to my clairs, you know, my clairsentience, my clairvoyance, my clairaudience, my claircognizance. And I really exploded from there. Probably in like, like I was saying, my mid thirties is when I started to really realize that there was a big difference between psychic work and mediumship. And that's when I started to reach out specifically to others and say, where can I learn? 
learn? How can I know the difference? How do I, instead of just teaching myself and stumbling along my way, how do I really get on the path? Um, and I met a beautiful woman named Sharon McGregor. She's a fantastic medium here in Ontario as well. And I joined um, a group that she had of, you know, mediums and training and learning. How, what is this about? Yes, it is spirit. How do you do this? What is the point? And from there, um, I was really able to realize, holy, holy smokes, I'm doing all of this. I just need a little bit of a framework and understanding of where the boundaries here so that I can apply my skills in a useful way and to really connect in a different way through communication. And so that was a beautiful opportunity. And from there, I just started to practice even more. And that's where I took it onto a more professional capacity. Yeah, so... Yeah, back in the day, it would have been really hard to find people that are into it because, like you said, there's no internet back then. You can't just look something up at home. You have to go to a library or something to look it up and bring a book home. Um, but it's wonderful that you're able to find a group that helped you out like that. Um, do you yeah. think there's benefits to that, to have being connected to like-minded people, especially nowadays too, not just in the past? Like, um, Is it beneficial to go to a group and have like-minded people give you advice? I really think so. Absolutely. And, you know, I see the benefits of individual work and group work. And I think the benefits of group work, whatever you call it, whether you're getting together and actively practicing or just sharing experiences and giving support, the first key element is support because there isn't always support for us, whether it's within our family, within our own personal social structure, right? There isn't always that support. So having a group work or an environment, even just to give you support and understanding of, yeah, so you feel this way, you're picking up this, you get visions of this. This is normal too. And people, when people start to share their experiences, they realize that they have so much in common and that other people are connecting to their spirituality, their energetic self, whatever that looks like for you. And really going deeper to understand more about themselves. And as we do this, we start to, you know, uncover these things that, you know, whether they're traumas, whether they're hurts, whether there's things that we've uh, blockages that we've held ourselves back from. And many of these people and um, groups can be very supportive of really saying, yes, like this is right for you. You can do this. You can say no to this. You are allowed to feel different things. And in fact, we feel it too. And I also think the other benefit of that is it helps people really understand what they're doing. Because if, for example, you said, you know, I felt like this, I did a meditation and I felt a white light around my heart. And then I felt like it went all around my body. And this was a weird experience. And I didn't know if I was in control or not in control. When you have somebody else who can say, I've experienced that as well. And this is what it meant for me. I felt safe on what I did to talk to myself and you know, was this, and this is how I held that information. So we have such an opportunity to learn from each other. And because all of our skills are very diverse, you know, some people will see more, some people will feel more, some people will connect with spirit, some people will connect with angels. It's such a beautiful opportunity to learn from each other, because just like there's diversity in the world, we have these diversities and skills. And when you can start to connect to other people who have diverse skills, it helps you better identify the skills that you already have going on within yourself that maybe you don't realize you're already doing. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think people always have that ability inside them and maybe they just need that extra push to help realize what actually abilities they do have. So especially in the mediumship field, there's so many different areas that you can go into, right? So 
Um, they need right. to know what tone in and what they have and what they can use that for as well. So, um, mm -hmm. so once you started learning all that and you were able to get into groups and find out what you had for abilities, um, how did it go from there? Did you have any experiences afterwards or did you learn anything extra that you didn't know before? Oh, oh, um, my goodness, I could go in a million different directions. Um, you know, I, I started literally doing readings on the side, had my full time career of, you know, the corporate world, but doing readings on the side. But I also went into other learnings and teachings like, you know, I've, I've always felt that I'm a healer. And even from a young age and like, you know, grade school, I, I could put my hands on people and their headache would be gone. This would be gone. This would feel better, whatever it is. So, you know, I took Reiki to see like, okay, you know, what am I doing? Is this Reiki? Is this, this, is it that? But I've learned other things along the way to help complement and better not only identify with what I'm doing, but to identify with where my true power lies and what part of like, part of this brings out into where, where my purpose is and my role of helping other people. So I'm always learning. I'm always learning more and whether it's um, bringing in the actual modality of an energy healing technique, whether it's me connecting to light language and healing with light language and doing activations or my shamanic side of connecting with the four directions and all of our, you know, animal and plant kin. There's just so many layers to things that I feel connected to. And I bring all of these things in from all these different elements of what resonates with me. I take this from this and this from this, and it all becomes a blend of what feels right and perfect for me. And I just connect with all of that so well. And I just want to continue to move forward and do that because I feel that when I'm holding this energy, I'm also helping others. Yeah, you're able to sort of pass that on and help others with what you've learned as well. So um, do you find that? Do you find that when somebody comes in to see you for, say, a Reiki healing session or something that you can sort of not only help them heal, but sort of teach them a little bit too? I, I absolutely can do that. And it depends on who comes to me because some people want that, some people don't. And I've also been teaching for quite some time as well because, you know, I taught myself for so long and it it brought up a beautiful opportunity for me to teach from my perspective on how to teach yourself, how to use the tools that are here, you know, and there's, and that's not to say that you can't go to teachers or benefit from a book because you absolutely can, but it's about learning these little things about what you have already within you. And that's why I love teaching because I would have loved to have someone hold my hand and show me, this is what this is. You can do this. You can do this. And I really feel that I have so much value to offer by showing people the very basics of what they hold within themselves without the frills, without the cards, without, you know, whatever it might be, because we have all of this within ourselves just as is. And that's why I love to move forward in like, whether it's teaching and giving tips on an in an independent basis in a private session, or like, for example, I did it, I just finished a mediumship workshop where I'm teaching people how to connect. What should it look like? What are the ethics that I suggest are around it? And then we practice. And I feel that whether someone decides to become a professional medium or not is kind of irrelevant. It's about giving them a different skill set and a different level of empowerment that they can now imply or apply and employ in their own lives and use it to their best good and the best good around them. So this energy does stretch out the more people you touch, the more people you talk to, the more people you make a connection with, whether they take the whole package and understand all of it, or if they just walk away with one element that makes them feel stronger and more empowered. 
I love doing that and helping people with that. So how long have you been doing uh, classes for then? Is something that just came out of the pandemic and you started doing it or have you always been kind of teaching people all along? I've been, yeah, I've always been teaching. I've always been teaching. I remember teaching even when I was in high school, whether it was someone that was just, you know, wanted to know about this or about ghosts or about whatever. I just instinctively knew, you know, what it was. Um, I started teaching prior to the pandemic. I used to work in a spiritual store as well. And um, I would do readings there. I would do psychic development classes, mediumship demonstrations, Oracle card classes, pendulum classes, you know, all the tools that I use. I always teach based on what I do, what I've used and taught myself in. And once the pandemic hit, it was just an opportunity to take it to, you know, a more, um, you know, the Zoom platform or electronic platform. And I've been able to migrate over to that. And it's been really nice. And the, the other benefit to that is being able to reach more people in a different geographic area, you know, having people join my workshops, maybe from the States or some people from overseas, and those opportunities wouldn't have been there previously. And it's not only an opportunity for someone else to connect with me, but for me to connect to someone else and see what it's like for someone in another country even, right? And what belief systems they bring with them. Yeah, for sure, because they can teach you just as just as you can teach them about what you know. They can help you out as well, learn new things too. So, I think that's great too. Um, so let's skip ahead a little bit now, and I want to check with you on some experiences that you might have had. So, um, can you tell us anything about after you learned your mediumship and after you got into the field more? Um, what kind of experiences did you start having that you could tell people what it's like um, having mediumship experiences? You know, did you actually communicate with spirit? Were you more on a higher level or what, what, was, what was going on once you started actually communicating after you learned how to do it? Um, well, are you talking about in readings and specifically or in daily life? Um, more in daily life, like day to day, what would you encounter? What would you experience? I see. Um, yeah, that, that can vary so much, but I, like I said, I've always been connected since I was a child. I've always seen something float by or seen a flash or whatever, but I noticed that, um, the more I've gone along my journey that those experiences have increased in frequency. And also, um, I don't want to say severity of, let's just say maybe intensity. Um, so I, many, many times, like, you know, even just in my own private home, it's, it's nothing for me to just be walking through and ding, ding, here's some sparkles over here, or, and here's a big gray line that just skips by me right away. Or, you know, I just get, um, feelings of thoughts or like, I feel like someone's talking to me and it's, it's really part of my daily at this point. And I, and even like, you know, in bed watching TV, I'll just see pum, a big white flash or I'll see a face kind of go like, you know, and kind of take a look and like looking at me. And I'm just so comfortable with this also because I have, you know, I, I set a lot of important boundaries for myself, you know, what I will allow myself to communicate with, who I will allow in my private space, whether my private space is my physical home or whether it's my energetic space when I'm walking out in the world and in our community, right? I have very strong boundaries of communicating with spirits of light and love only who love themselves and love us unconditionally. And for that reason, I don't feel the need to have this big sense of protection. So in my daily life, whether I'm um, seeing spot, seeing a face, whether I'm seeing bright flashes or seeing things fly over me, whether I'm in the grocery store and I can understand why the woman beside me is very frustrated and sad and all of these other empathic things, I really 
walk through it as like a blessing of being able to have just this little piece of extra connection and this little piece of um, connection to others. And sometimes I feel called to help in the moments, whatever that help might look like, even if it just means you know, sending a smile to someone that's got that low vibration in the moment, right? Um, but it's, it's really been a beautiful journey to be able to help in that way. And it's also helped so much in my readings because, because I submit to the idea of having spirit around me all the time and being open to that constant support it also flows through me when I do my private readings and it has just allowed my connection with spirit to become stronger. And because I use it with not only the best good of my intention, but to help others, I feel that the love and that beautiful energy just flows through us and to us. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, no, I think that's true too, as well. I think that you can connect both of those in your daily life and also setting boundaries is definitely a important thing to do even when you're learning how to do it because yes. you don't want all that energy flooding at once right you want control over what you can allow in and then communicate with so um but how was it learning afterwards then after you started having experiences was it something that you felt was kind of like a normal thing or did you have easy time with the spirits coming in and communicating with you or like i really? i did for the most part you know and i and i think I think the challenging thing is learning your own kind of psychic dictionary type piece, you know, because you start to see things, feel things, hear things, right? But um, as much as spirit did openly come to me, you learn kind of like your own footsteps. And what I mean by that is I'm going to have my own strengths of seeing, feeling, hearing, knowing, and it's going to show up for me different ways, whether it's a spirit in a reading or, you know energy around me or the energy of the person that I'm connecting to. And also understanding that the frequency of the energy that's coming in to try to communicate with me also be different as well. So I even talked about this yesterday in my class. What if I'm a very strong clairvoyant and I need to see pictures of spirit, but this spirit can only communicate in sound. We're not speaking the same language and it's going to be difficult to understand each other, right? So we have to really be able to practice our own skills and expand our own skills so that we can have a greater scope of understanding different types of frequencies coming into us. So it's not just the, the forward facing message, but the layers of the emotion of the thought of whatever this is, that's coming in. It's really, really important. Yeah, it is to understand what's coming in. So you understand what you're dealing with too, right? That's right. So I'm constantly learning every reading I do. I learn like even when people say like yoga is a practice, it is a practice doing readings is a practice because even though through my time, I've learned that when I see a candle, it means I'm talking to someone who's religious. Or if I see a rose in a vase that wilts, for me, that always means that this person had a lovely life, but then they slowly deteriorated over time. Or for example, if I feel bubbles all around my body, I know that the person who passed away, passed away with either alcohol or some sort of chemical in their body. You know, there's lots of different things, but you don't learn those things without time, without experience, without continually trying to communicate with spirit and figure out what does this mean though? Because at least in my experience, it's not like picking up a phone and having a conversation where someone says, my name is Mary and I'm blonde and I'm 43 and I passed a breast cancer and I was born on April 27th. It, it doesn't show up like that for me. It is the biggest, most complex game of charades that you could possibly think of. And so the best way to teach yourself is to submit to that and allow yourself to learn. And that's really been my best teachings. 
so you more get like imagery when they want to communicate rather than say clear audience or you hear them speak it's more of an imagery type thing I, primarily i'm a clairvoyant and an empath so i get a lot of visuals i will feel emotions i will feel thoughts and i will also feel physical ailment okay so if for example i'm communicating with a gentleman who passed away from a heart attack my heart in my own body will start going like this and i'll feel heaviness on my physical chest because it's like spirit showing me this is what my ailment was now i also hear and i will hear voices i will hear sometimes a couple of words like someone will just say you know April or whatever it might be, you know, whatever detail that comes through. And I really feel that I've balanced my players in a good way. Uh, but primarily, yes, I'm a, I see and I feel in so many different ways and I combine whatever it is that comes to me in the moment. Yeah. So you, can, you actually can use all of them at the same time. You can get your intuitiveness with imagery and stuff like that, but also have your clear audience where you're hearing what they want to say in certain I guess, breakdowns too, right? So that's right. Or even music, for example, like I remember a beautiful example, um, doing a mediumship reading for a lady and, um, it was wonderful. Like we could pick out who this person was even down to the name, you know, it was an A name and it was Andrew. Um, but ultimately I got a song in my head and it was that song jealous guy by John Lennon. And I just kept hearing that song playing and I didn't know what it meant. It's not necessarily my information, right? I'm just the interpreter, but you know, there's a, I, I know, I don't know if I'll say it exactly right, but in the song, the lyrics says something to the effect of, um, I didn't want to hurt you. I didn't want to see you cry. I didn't want to hurt you. I was just a jealous guy. So I'm just, I just had to give it because this is what is in my, what's being sung in my ear. And when I shared that information with this lady, she got very emotional right away. And at the end of the day, what this lady's experience was the spirit was this was a gentleman that wanted to date her. And she had, you know, said, no, said, no, said, no, said, no. He had his own emotional and mental problems. Um, he, the reason part of why she said no was because of his mental and emotional and, um, addictive type natures. And shortly after he took his own life. So she had always felt responsible for this person's passing and taking their own life because it happened shortly after they were very firm and saying, no, you're not going to do this. But simply by the spirit being able to put this song and play this song in my ear to say and to articulate those words, it was able, she was able to release all of that guilt and all that unsurety of like, was this my fault? Did I do the wrong thing? Should I have been more compassionate? Should I have been more understanding? And she was able to have peace. And so was the spirit because he knew she was suffering. So examples like that, even just with a, a tiny little bit of sound that comes through can make the difference in someone else's life when they're holding grief. Well, I think that's true too in spirit form as well. Like sometimes all spirit need to do is tell their story and then they're able to cross over because they don't need to stick around anymore because somebody's heard them. So I think a lot of times it's just that one little gesture that makes a difference for a spirit too. Sometimes, like you said, it could just be a sound or it could be a little bit of music. It could be one word, they, but they just need somebody to hear it and acknowledge them. So a lot of times I think a spirit just trying to say, okay, you acknowledge me. That's it. That's all I need to do. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of those things come through in mediumship, whether it's an apology, whether it's, you know, I'm proud of you, whether it's, you know, I saw, I saw all your achievements, 
and it didn't go unnoticed, you know, all of those little things can just mean the world to someone moving on from either trauma or feeling lack or, you know, being unsure about where they stood in a relationship or somewhere where they stood in their life. A lot of times it can be too, the other side too, because a lot of people that aren't in tune with their abilities might not understand what's going on and might not understand like, it, yeah, it's energy, it's spirit, but that spirit's trying to reach out to you for a reason because they're trying to tell you something. They need to tell you something, but you're not understanding because you're not tuning into it. So yeah, I think what mediums do is amazing. And I think what they do to connect to spirit and pass messages on is amazing too, but it's also for a reason too, I think so. That's right. And even even when I teach this, I always talk about our role as a medium and we're serving. We're not only serving the human being sitting in front of us, but we're serving spirit because without this interpretation, without us sitting in that middle of this high vibration and this denser, you know, platform of where we're on in the physical plane, you know, they may not have this ability to communicate or or even if they receive the message, they may not believe it as much or have faith in it as much if it wasn't for a medium showing up and giving good evidence to show that this person really is there with us because we can talk about the personal things, the, the small details that someone wouldn't have known, you know, and, and I even teach that as well with mediumship, you know, cause so many people feel like they can't do it because they don't have the proof or I don't know if this is real or how do I know it's true. You're not going to know because it's not your information. If I have a spirit, here's dad, and then here's his little girl over here. And he's talking about a fishing trip where she got a, you know, a fishing hook stuck in her thumb. You know, it's not the gravity of the event. It's the fact that I wouldn't know this information. So when spirit gives these fine details and this evidence to show that, yes, this is you, you know, that when this message of I love you comes through, that it's coming from your dad or from that specific spirit. And that's the pure magic of this, right? It allows these people to have that conscious connection of really knowing that there is someone out there. He really is there. When I feel him around, even though I can't see him, I can take comfort in knowing that that essence is there and trust in it and keep holding that in your heart. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a gift that a lot of people have, but they just might not understand how to activate those abilities yet. So that's where it's amazing that people can teach that kind of thing too, right? It's amazing that you can pass that on to somebody, not just keep it to yourself. So, yes. Um, so what else are you into besides mediumship and uh, psychic work? Is there anything else that you like to practice? I really have been practicing my energy work, of course, you know, whether it's Reiki and healing with my hands, but I've also been moving on to um, light language as well. And so for me, light language is connecting with higher frequency energies <clears throat> excuse me, and allowing different high frequency energies to come through your physical voice and either doing healing or bringing in energy transmissions or removing blockages, whatever type of energy work this is. Um, and I've been really enjoying doing that, not only in incorporating it in my healing practices, but also starting to do it, whether, you know, I'm doing my own lives on uh, IG or whatever platform that I'm doing it. I really feel that it is helping a lot of people, not only just in terms of the energy frequencies that come through and are passed on to people, but also people getting to widen and like brighten their horizons about what energy work looks like, the 
diversity of what's out there and to even allow people just to think back and kind of experience something like this. Like even when I think about, you know, somebody going to a sound bath, like a Reiki sound bath or, you know, with uh, singing bowls, you might think, oh yeah, you sit and listen to music, but until you sit there and actually do it, and relax for the moment and take that in, you know, realize what a beautiful healing experience it could be. So light language has been definitely um, something that I've been adding to my own spiritual toolkit and learning how to use it in my own diverse way to add it into my own work. That's interesting. I've never heard of that before. So it's something I've never actually looked at before. I understand what it is. Um, maybe can you tell a little bit more in detail exactly what light language is for people that might not understand exactly what it is? Yeah. So some people, you know, in the past have called it like speaking in tongues. Okay. Um, so, you know, you might hear someone's speaking in a way that, you know, it doesn't sound like it certainly doesn't sound like English and light language can sound very different. Some people have like singing, some people make noises, some people, it sounds like a foreign language. Um, but often what it is, or at least for me personally, how I've, you know, blended all of my skills is because I see so much um, and I can see, you know, energies and stuff around people. I find that when I speak through light language and through a different frequency, I'm able to tell energies what I want to change or, or support or enrich. And then it almost like it gets down into areas in someone's either energetic body or psyche that maybe we didn't have access to previously, but it's all through the frequency, you know, because there's so much things that we can't really tangibly touch or know and understand, but sound frequency can penetrate so many things in the physical, right? So when you bring this high frequency through sound, it can really have amazing benefits, like even like binaural beats, right? You know, um, like like a 528 frequency in your music or, or a 623 is all going to add a different layer of frequency of what you're trying to achieve. So if you can do light language while you're doing a healing session, it can just add different healing layers on and amplify the work that you're trying to do. So is light language something physical then? Like you're actually speaking in a different way? Do you have to learn how to speak in a certain way in order to do it? Or does it come naturally um, it, to you? It Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it can be two things. And I'm sure it can also be very vast and diverse because we're all different. Um, for me is speaking with my physical voice, but also in using my hands and changing and moving energy with my hands. Um, so I can do a very brief demonstration if you'd like. Okay, so I'll just connect for just a moment. And all I will be doing in this transmission is just sending beautiful light energy to all who are connected to this podcast in the name of the highest good of all. Ah. <sighs> 
And that's just a small example of what light language can look like. Um, so what I was doing in the moment was I was saying certain blessings of visualizing light around individuals like yourself and anyone else who would be listening, removing some negativity from them, whether it's anxiety, whether it's fear. And then what I did was I took like a white gold light and kind of surrounded each person and kind of put beautiful, like loving, high vibrational energy in there to kind of seal your own energy. So taking out some of the bad and locking in some of that good might oh, sound strange a... it looks strange yeah. but it was amazing thank you for doing that um i definitely felt something during that as well so something in my oh, sort of solar plex area more so um yeah thank you for that uh never You're seen welcome. that before so it's definitely something new to haunting life or that we haven't had before so you're so welcome and thank you for receiving that yeah, thank you. And that's the whole point, because when people sit back and allow themselves to be in another experience that they're not familiar with, instead of judging it or having fear or blocking it, when they just sit and kind of submit to it and allow a little sample for themselves, they kind of go, huh, that's interesting. I think I kind of felt something. I, I, I might like that. Maybe I want to learn more. And so long as people are curious to learn more, they can take themselves in a good direction for themselves. That feels good. Yeah, and that's what this podcast is all about, is bringing people on that may do similar things. Like, it has a title like uh, Reiki or Healing or Energy Work. But um, it's all really done personally. It's done in a different way each time somebody does it. So it's about learning. It's about learning how people do things their way. So thank you for sharing that, too. So. Of course. And um, before I let you go here today, um, I know something special to you is sort of what you use for your theme. Um, talk about four leaf clovers, uh, four leaf clovers uh, for a little bit, because I know that's uh, sort of your topic. Um, tell us people how you got into that and what it means to you. Oh, I just, I just have a special place in my heart for those cute little four leaf clovers. And some people think they're, you know, all about good luck. And, you know, there's that Irish component to it, certainly in terms of the heritage and, and history. And uh, they say that, you know, each, each petal means something and represents something, hope, faith, luck, and love. Um, but I started looking and find, I found my first four leaf clover. I don't know, I'm going to say I was maybe 20 or so, give or take, right? And I was like, oh my God, like, couldn't believe it, right? And what was interesting, I just kind of looked down again, and then I saw another one, like in the same moment. And I was like, how? How does this happen? And in the moment there, I just realized that, wow, this like is, isn't impossible, like, wasn't even trying, but it happened. And from that point on, I started just to kind of take a look down and see if there's anything else out there. And I kept on finding them and finding them and finding them. Um, so yeah, I, I just feel not only are they just beautiful, but um, there's always also, of course, the magic component, but I'm also a person who's very connected to the plants, to the animals, to the four directions of the, of the world. So it's almost kind of like when I connect to a special plant in that way, that it feels like it's my connection to the magic of mother earth as well. And I started finding so many, I started pressing them in paper and drying them. And um, once I hit 500, you know, finding 500, I stopped counting because I had already given some away and stuff. So it, it wasn't about achieving a goal or, you know, winning a Guinness book of world records. It was just like, wow, look at how this abundance keeps on showing up. And now I, you know, I find them, I still find them all the time. I've, I've got them every hand. I've got a little one right here. Pressed, laminated, got a whole bunch. But uh, yeah, and now I, 
I've, I've enjoyed turning it into like little crafts and stuff. So I laminate them for people who want them in their, um, you know, their phones in their uh, wallets for good luck. But I've also turned them into cute little resin charm chains and putting beautiful different moon charms or whatever the fun thing is and enjoying allowing people to have their own four leaf clover with them. So it's been a fun way for me to connect to not only the plant kingdom, but mother earth, but to also share some of that magic tangibly with someone else and be able to give them something that makes them feel also maybe a little bit of magic. So do you find that if you give something like that to one of your clients after say like a healing session or a Reiki session that they feel kind of complete after you give them something a little bit extra for magic? So Sometimes. Yeah. And I used to do that a lot and I just gave them away all the time or, you know, I just felt like someone needed this. So I would give it to them, you know? So yeah, it just, it just was something natural. Yeah. Something natural that makes them feel better saying, you know, what you did help, but this makes it kind of complete too. So yeah. A little bit extra and you know, sometimes, yeah. yeah. And sometimes people don't even know they're like, what's this? I'm like, it's a four leaf clover. They're like, okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think it's special, but it's not going to be for everyone. And that's okay too. Oh yeah, for sure. Like some people might not believe in that thing. They might think it's just a good luck charm or something like that. And they might that's not believe right. in that type of thing. So, which is totally right. fine too. So, uh, well, thank you, Kelly, so much for being here today. I appreciate you taking your time out and talking about your journey through mediumship. It was really interesting, especially um, light language. I'd never heard of that before. So I think our listeners will find that very interesting too today. So Awesome. And thank you so much for letting me come on. This was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have you back on for sure in the future and uh, keep us in mind too. And uh, thank you for being here today on Haunting Live. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And uh, that was Kelly Ferguson. And uh, she joined us here today on Haunting Live for episode number 25 of season two. And she's a very enlightened uh, medium. She's a psychic also, and she, like everybody else, does things her own way. And something that I haven't heard of before, which was light language today we talked about. So very interesting to meet different people here on Haunting Live. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to our guests that we have on here each and every week on Haunting Live. Uh, don't forget, if you miss our live show here on Facebook every week on Sunday around 4 o'clock, um, you can catch us later on when we upload to YouTube as a premiere a video on our YouTube channel. You can catch us live there and chat with us also on YouTube and watch the show. Uh, but if you miss those shows, you can catch it later either on either media or you can also listen on the podcast apps, which we upload the audio version to as well. Uh, but if you're new here, thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys watching and following us and supporting us. And um, if you're new here or if you're one of our followers, you may have noticed some changes here lately. We have a few new Haunting Live podcast logos that were originally drawn, their original artwork, and we're very proud to uh, show those off now. Uh, we have a brand new Haunting Live podcast logo now on our Facebook and social media, so you can recognize us uh, by our brand. And also we have a new intro as well, and that is for many different reasons, but um, the one reason is, is we want to change it to go with our logos as well. So hope you enjoy the new intro today, and hopefully we'll get things moving here a little bit more on Haunting Live as well for you guys, such as merch and stuff like that. So 
there will eventually be shirts and stuff that you can buy with our logo if you want to support us in that way. Uh, but speaking of our merch store, our merch store on our website is hauntedlightpodcast.com. Go to the merch tab at the top and you can help us by purchasing different things that we use in the paranormal field every day, such as cleansing materials, crystals, smudging items, handmade items, crystals, and even jewelry as well. So go check out our store and uh, see what we have. We just had everything stocked up, so you can check that out on our website. We revamped our website as well, so go take a look. And um, yeah, thank you for being here, guys, and I hope you had a great weekend. But don't forget to tune in also and check out Chris's angel readings. Those are done twice a week on Zoom on uh, Wednesdays at 8.30 and YouTube at 8 o'clock. So if you want your angel readings, he also does private readings as well. You can go and send him a message as well through uh, our Facebook and send him an email if you like to and uh, get your readings done privately also. So other than that, um, that's about all going on. Don't forget Ghost of the Queen's Inn tickets are still on sale. The event is still happening this year. It is going to be Halloween weekend, uh, October 29th and 30th. So go check out our tickets under the event tab on hauntedlightpodcast.com. And um, tickets are 140 for the two-day event. So we're looking forward to seeing everybody out at the Halloween event. Hopefully there won't be too many restrictions by that time for Halloween. We can have a few more people than last year. So looking forward to seeing everybody again in person for that event. And uh, looking forward to seeing everybody there. But otherwise, guys, uh, thank you very much for tuning in this week. It's been a great uh, time with our guest Kelly Ferguson, Psychic Medium. And uh, she told us about her journey through her mediumship today. So thank you very much to her. Thank you very much to everybody for following us on social media. Don't forget, like our stuff is great. Uh, like our stuff is good, but uh, sharing is great. So be sure to share our work as much as possible. We're trying to get out there more and more. So thank you for following us and uh, have a great weekend and stay safe.